Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Don Rochlow. Don is a friend, a father, an entrepreneur, a leader, and a client development director at Buckingham Asset Management. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. I'm tremendously humbled and honored just to be here. So tell us, uh, starting out, what's new and exciting in your world? Where to begin? Uh, so business, business has been incredible for us. Uh, as you referenced Buckingham Asset Management, we actually had a name change a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, now Buckingham Strategic Wealth. And okay. the, uh, the reason for the, the change is primarily just we've started uh, probably eight or nine years ago being more of a holistic wealth advisor for the clients and families that we serve. Mm-hmm. So we wanted uh, a name that, that reflected what we were actually doing for those that, that we work with. Fantastic. Well, tell us, uh, you know, stepping back even a little bit before you got started in the, in the financial industry, tell us a little bit about your, your upbringing and, and kind of where you grew up. Sure, sure. So we'll go back to where I was a small boy on, on St. Croix. Yeah. Um, I grew up on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, no kidding. Yeah, I, didn't, I thought you knew that. I did not know okay. that, man. Well, I'm not just making it up for this podcast. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, grew up on St. Croix. I moved to St. Louis when I was 16 years old. Yes. Uh, Reason for that, we went through two really bad hurricanes, Hurricane Mm -hmm. Hugo in 1987 and uh, Hurricane Marilyn in 1995. And my parents didn't want to rebuild. So it was my mother and stepfather, and they decided, hey, it's time to to make a change. Right. And my mother's parents lived in St. Louis. My grandmother, who's 85, is still here today in Kirkwood. So um, that's what brought us to St. Louis originally, and I've been here ever since, so going on 22 years now. That's awesome. So school, whenever you came here, where did you, uh, where did you first start? Yeah, great question, and that's the, the, the quintessential St. Louis question. Everybody asks here yeah, in St. Right, Louis, right? right. Um, so when I moved here, I came from a school where there were 21 students, including me. It was called Academy of the West Indies, and it was a okay. high school. When I moved to St. Louis, I went to John F. Kennedy Catholic JFK. High School. Yes. Yeah. So... Kind of interesting, especially uh, my mother had married a, a Jewish guy when I was young. So um, for me, I mean, being in a, a Catholic environment was, mm-hmm. was quite educational on its own. Yeah. Uh, but JFK was a smaller school. I, we lived in the, the Lafayette district. So okay. for me, yeah, my mother was scared to, to send me to a school that was that large. So yeah. uh, went Sports, to JFK. Did you, uh, did you do anything in high school? You know, I didn't. Um, regretfully so. I mean, when I... Look back, I mean, I don't necessarily regret regret, but at the same time, I wish I did participate in more of those types of activities. Mm-hmm. I actually worked from the time I came to St. Louis, and I think it, it was really ingrained in me growing up in a family business where I, I worked for free for my parents. Yeah. Um, so, no, I had a job the entire time I was in high school. I Man, never... so tell me about that. What was what was one of your first jobs in oh, high school? Oh, first jobs. So I bagged groceries, worked in the video department at oh, nice. uh, Schnucks. Yeah, I was promoted from uh, from bagger and, and pushing carts to yeah. uh, working in a video department. Uh, worked at a car wash, uh, worked at GNC, um, did all of those jobs during high school. Yes. 
just for some spending money. So right. yeah, it was a good time. And then out of high school, went to you went to Lindenwood? That's right. That's right. So um, actually, I had a full ride to Lindenwood. So it really was one of those scenarios where, um, you know, we kind of did some some thinking on, you know, where is the where am I going to get the best value mm-hmm. for my education? And it's yeah. one of those those questions I I, I I talk about frequently with friends and and colleagues and clients. Just right. you know, hey, what if you were to go to an Ivy League school? What's the break even on that as opposed to going to a, a an in state in in state institution? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this day and age, I mean, college tuition it goes up by like seven or eight percent on average. It's crazy. I mean, you look at some of these schools out there, you can you can spend sixty, seventy, eighty grand a year. It's crazy, absolutely. Man, all right. So out of college, um, tell me about that. You got in the car business. So actually, at my first job out of school, I was an investment analyst with a firm not too dissimilar to Buckingham. Okay. Um, I absolutely hated it. I had no interaction <laughs> with people whatsoever. Yeah. And as you know, I mean, I, I get my energy from being around others. So for right. me, it, it was really, really tough. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, I went to a recruiter I met at a job fair at yeah. St. Louis University. Right. I went to the job fairs there because they pulled better talent than we did at Lindenwood. Absolutely. Um, through that recruiter, his name was Joe Riley. I don't even know if he's still in business, but uh, basically went to him, took a uh, aptitude personality test, and he said, oh, you know what? You definitely need to do something in sales. I hire for the Dave Munganest Automotive Group and the Yellow Pages at the time. Okay. For those of you that are listening, that used to be a phone book. Uh, what a phone book is, is it was probably four to six inches <laughs> thick and it listed phone numbers of all yeah. local businesses. You don't see that a whole lot no, anymore. No, no. So, ad- some do, but you just don't see a whole lot no. advertising in the phone book anymore. So I went and um, talked to the guys at Dave Munganest yeah. and was hired on the spot. Had to go home and tell my my parents, you know, I'm going to go into the car business. Yeah, but it was a great experience. I sold cars for probably four or five months, yeah. and uh, finance manager position became available. Mm-hmm. Moved into that, uh, eventually became director of finance over that dealership, and was working six days a week. Yeah. Basically, every hour the store was open, I was there. At the time, I I, I got married, had a child. Yeah. Uh, it was very stressful on my domestic harmony, working that many hours. Sure. And um, I cold called the guys out at uh, the Bentley dealership. At the time, okay. they just had Bentley yeah. in Chesterfield. So and, what year um, was this? This would have been 2005. 2005. All, All right, right, so cold right. called. Never, you'd never talked to these guys no, before. No, never talked to them before. But as you know, I mean, they're, they're a good group of guys. Yeah. They're very easy to talk to. So you probably talked to Graham I and did. Jim. I did. Had coffee with Graham and uh, basically just asked, hey, you know, why don't you have a finance department? And yeah. his answer was that, that guys that buy Bentleys don't finance them. They pay cash. Mm-hmm. And he preferred it that way. And yeah. at the time, I... I indicated you know the type of revenue that could be generated by having a finance department within the dealership and i had saved a a a decent amount of money at the time and said hey listen just pay me straight commission give me at the time we had agreed on a certain percentage and um, it actually paid off quite well i made more for him the first year than i had the previous year with munganess as a director of finance no kidding. So um, obviously, you know, as you know, Graham, my pay plan changed a couple yeah. times along the way. <laughs> right. The percentage, you know, he he eventually realized was too generous. Sure. And um, it, it was a great role. I was general sales manager or whatever title he had given me. Uh-huh. And, and we grew adding um, different franchises along the way. 
met some incredible people, yeah. some relationships that I still have today that I'm, I'm very right. thankful for. I mean, you probably dealt with some amazing clients, man. We did. We did. Uh, they still do, you know, and there, there are some, some great folks that, that even work there mm -hmm. that I, I had a chance to, to get to know. Yeah. Um, so it was great. And, um, you know, as life happens, um, we were at the New York Auto Show and my wife gave, my wife at the time gave birth to twins and I missed it. So through that, I started to yeah. do some serious soul searching. This was 2008, and um, I had, a, at the time, father-in-law that mm -hmm. had been encouraging me to come into his business. Yeah. He was a, a wholesale distributor, mainly doing ethnic hair and skincare goods. Okay. So I, I thought, well, you know, I, I never really wanted to work for him, but mm -hmm. they had a great lifestyle and figured, you know, at this, this point in my, my life, having now having three kids going from one to three overnight sure. and not even being there for it, I needed to make a change. Absolutely. In making that change, went to work for my father-in-law. And it was a, a really tough decision to make because mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with Graham. I had a lot of fun in that industry, yeah. uh, especially in the exotic, on the exotic side of that industry. Right. Um, and uh, making the move to work with my father-in-law, you know, as this these things happen, you know, it's like ever extending tentacles. Sure. You know, things evolve and things grow. You know, yeah. people that I met through the Bentley business and and the the, the Highline exotic car business mm -hmm. actually were very helpful, even in that wholesale distribution space. So we started to grow significantly, mainly by going into military channels and selling into prisons. No kidding. Um, so, I mean, we went from probably the number eight player in the space to number two in a very short period of time. Wow. To big where growth. Big growth, significant growth, yeah. uh, uh, mainly through sales. And with that, our largest competitor essentially um, bought that business. And it, I kind of joked with friends at that point, I was really just looking for something to do, kind of looking for a country. And yeah. that's really what led me to wealth management. And I've been doing that now seven years. Fantastic. Well, tell me about your role at, sure. uh, at Buckingham. Sure. So Buckingham Strategic Wealth, and this isn't just a, a plug for them, but um, you know, we are a national wealth management firm. Uh, we are a registered investment advisor. So we do keep to the fiduciary standard of care for the clients that we serve. Sure. We're fee only. Um, so what these things mean when you put them all together is essentially we always put our clients' interest first. Right. Um, and that's been a hot topic lately. It has been. It has been, especially with, with the uh, department, uh, uh, the DOL ruling mm -hmm. yeah. uh, on the fiduciary standard. And, you know, when we look at our competitors out there on the competitive landscape, I mean, we, we are at a true advantage, mm -hmm. um, you know, and from my perspective and, and those folks that, that do work with us, I mean, there's really no reason to work with someone that doesn't put your interest first. Um, but for us, you know, we're, we're also based in evidence, so we're not trying to guess what's going to be this year's winner or loser. We're sure. looking at 50 years of peer-reviewed academic-based research. So we've grown significantly. I saw a, uh, a message before I came here today that we now have over 300 associates. No so kidding. Kind of exciting. We have 24 offices. and. Yeah. Uh, based here in St. Louis, so it's kind of a, a neat 24 story. offices, wow. Correct. Yeah, incredible, man. Um, so speaking of finance, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the, uh, on the current, uh, you know, the tax reform? What, what sort of role is that playing with the, with the economy and with individuals and, and sure, uh, clients sure. that you work with? You know, so from, from our perspective, and I guess to, to touch more on my role, is I don't work directly with clients. I yeah. work with a lot of estate planning attorneys, okay. accountants. Um, I work with some of our custodial partners yes. as, as far as how are we generating new clients and telling our story. 
So for me, I work primarily with advisors and prospects. Um, when we look at what tax reform does, and this is a question that comes up frequently is, mm -hmm. you know, well, what do we do? How do we plan when we don't really know what the future holds when it comes to um, uh, regulations and, right. and legislation? Uh, we always plan for what we know today, and mm -hmm. we make changes as those changes occur. Yes. So with the, the recent tax reform changes, you know, we have quite a few CPAs that are, are part of our firm. Um, we have a few enrolled agents. We have individuals that are, are, are laser-focused on the tax reform and, and ways to work with clients in, a, in an effort to minimize the amount of wealth they'll lose to taxes over their mm -hmm. lifetime. Right. So that is how we spend our days. We're focusing on our clients' largest concerns, and it, uh, it's incredibly rewarding. That is absolutely awesome. Wow. Well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Sure. Don, tell me about some of the... Uh, Maybe some of your passions or, or, uh, or purposes that you get involved with here in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think uh, deep down I have a servant's heart. So, and I think that's part of the reason I'm so drawn and, and so excited and, yeah. and enthusiastic about our industry. It's just having the ability to serve others. Right, just taking um, the focus off yourself. Absolutely. And putting it on others. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I mean, even you as a father, I mean, you know, when you see the, the enjoyment and the, the things that your children learn, yeah. you know, or the experiences that your children have, I mean, it's something that, that can, you can derive energy from. Uh, same is true for me. So I was on the, the board of Kids in the Middle for, for almost five years and unfortunately I had to step down a few years ago as my, I went through divorce and my yeah. children needed the services. Right. Um, right now I've been so focused on work, kids, uh, building a house that I, I I haven't been involved in any, any charities as of late, but mm -hmm. definitely will get involved with something probably later in the fall. Um, kids is, you know, children-based charities are something I'm tremendously passionate about is, you know, I do see them as the future. They, they will be our future. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, speaking of, uh, of family, who's, um, you know, over the course of your life, who have been some of the biggest influences for you? That's a tough question to answer because I think it does continually change. Mm -hmm. I, um, I try to learn from everyone I come into contact with. I've had some relationships, you know, obviously, uh, even some romantic relationships that yeah. don't always work out sure. in, in the best favor. Right. But you try to learn as much as you can from yeah. those and become a better person um, because of those, those, those relationships. So when I look at, at who has, has really been the biggest influence in me, Probably my mother, you know, uh, she's probably the most positive person I know, um, tremendously big in, in professional development and personal development. So it, it, it leaves me always looking to improve and, and try to be better tomorrow than how I was today. Yeah. If that makes sense. It definitely does. In fact, I heard somebody say recently that uh, in life, there's only one way to coast, and that's downhill. That's right. Right. So if you're not always growing, if you're not always improving, if you're not always taking it to that next level, you're going downhill. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What, sure. are, what are some of the, uh, maybe the daily routines or, or tactics that, uh, that really get you motivated, that really keep you on track? Because you've got a lot on your plate right now, you know, being a father and, and an entrepreneur and involved in a fast growing business. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very much a creature of habit. Uh, I work out every day, whether it's uh, doing 
classes on the weekend mm -hmm. at uh, True Fusion. I'm not sure if you've been there yet, but you know I haven't. I'd, I'd love to check that out. It's I know, incredible. Uh, Amy and Eric Lesher pretty well. Oh, and then do I you know really? Joe uh, Joe Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. So Joe used to work with us. Joe actually started our retirement plan services That's right. group. Yes. And I uh, left that. to follow his passion in fitness. Um, maybe a year, year and a half ago. So tell me about that and, and tell our listeners about True Fusion. I mean, what kind of sets them apart from other operations here in St. Louis? Because there's a lot of them out there. Definitely, and I'm not gonna do them justice, but True Fusion, they offer classes. They probably offer 15 to 20 classes per day. Uh, everything from boxing, kettlebells, cycling, boot camp, yoga, Pilates, I'm probably forgetting some, but it, it the the trainers there, you mentioned Amy and, and yeah. there's Katie and Ryan and Ryan, they're all phenomenal. And uh, he has such a great team. He's built an incredible facility. Uh, so I'll actually work out there typically on the weekends, maybe okay. even one night after work. Yeah. But as far as daily routines, I usually start by going to the gym. I've been huge on transcendental meditation for the past two and a half years. Uh, one of my informal mentors kind of opened my eyes to it. Um, and so I, I do that every day. I know we've talked about that a little bit, but tell sure. our listeners about the the power of, of meditation and maybe what uh, sort of impact that's had on you. Yeah, in your absolutely. Life. Um, and I get that question a lot because I'm I'm one of these individuals where if I find something I like, yeah. you know, everybody needs to know sure. about it. You're going to tell them about it. Right? Exactly. I'm also one of those people where if a little of something is good, more has to be better. Yeah. Um, with transcendental meditation, what I have found with it is it, it evens out my day where I would have these spikes or I would um, have certain anxieties just in, in going through daily life. And, and with transcendental meditation, it, it really helps me find my, my happy place. Um, I do it twice a day. First thing when I wake up in the morning for 20 minutes and then usually between 5 and 7.30 at night for 20 minutes. So walk um, us through that process. How do sure. you how do you kind of start? How do you get in that zone? Is there an app that you use? Uh, so I actually went through a class. If you if you go to tm.org, um, you can learn more about it. But there is uh, an incredible instructor here in St. Louis. Uh, his name's Michael Blitz, and and Michael is was taught by the founder of of TM, and okay. um, was a he was an incredible instructor, and it, I learned a lot from him. So um, I think it's about for three or four days consecutively that you go for two hours per day. Yes. And then afterwards you're trained to do TM and you can go back for a refresher whenever mm -hmm. necessary. Man. So I'll do that on a daily basis. Uh, I've also been been doing a gratitude journal for the past few weeks. Yeah. Have you ever looked into one of those? You know, I um, I talk a lot about gratitude with uh, my team and, and my family. Um, you know, I heard somebody say recently that uh, it's impossible to be pissed off and grateful. <laughs> At the same time, right. At the right. same time. You know, right. it's only one or the other. Exactly. But, uh, tell me more about the, the gratitude journal. Yeah, so I started this, uh, again, another uh, informal mentor kind of mentioned it to me. And, yeah. and there, there, there's some great research out there and uh, behind it. And, you know, to your point, you, you really can't be both at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so I started this, uh, like I said, two weeks ago now. So every morning after... Um, uh, every morning after meditation and after the gym, I'll actually spend five or so minutes just sitting there going through the gratitude journal and think, finding five things that I'm grateful for for that day. Yeah. Um, so would, share that with us, if you don't mind. What are off the top, what would be five things that you're, uh, you're oh really grateful gosh, for? Oh, my gosh, it could be anything. Um, but what I was going to mention is after doing this for two weeks, I haven't had five duplicates yet. Okay. So I haven't had one duplicate so yet. It could be, it's different each it's day. It's different every day. It's you know, same. it could be, you know, 
um, you know, I'll put today's date and I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm grateful for friendships yeah. like Ben. Right. I'm grateful for humor. I'm grateful for communication. Yes. I'm grateful for the ability to heal. You know, it could be anything, but right. when you start your day with that, mm-hmm. it changes your outlook. You know, it gets for the you in day. the right. It gets you in the right mindset. Puts it. It creates a new trajectory mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. You know, it just it reminds me of state. You know, I heard somebody talk recently about state. You know, you've got, you can be in a high energy state where you're right. locked in, you're in the zone, or you could be in a low energy state. But by doing that, it seems like it gets you in the right mindset and a, a positive state to uh, to start Absolutely. the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the probably the the final thing that. Uh, is very routine for me outside of my diet because I almost eat the exact same thing throughout the day. Okay. Um, I use a bullet journal. Have you looked into bullet journal yet? No. What is this? So it's a, an analog journal system as opposed to keeping um, a, a journal or a Outlook calendar. I, of course, I have Outlook calendar just for work, but yeah. I, 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 it corresponds to my bullet journal. So it has all of my tasks, my events, my appointments for the day. Yes. Uh, so it takes two to three minutes per morning yeah. to actually put these things in, and it's helped with organization significantly. Wow. I, and it's called the Bullet the Journal? The Bullet Journal, yes. You can look it up. Um, there's videos on how to, how to create a bullet journal. Okay. Uh, and it, it's customizable, so you can make it what you want it to be. Fantastic. In fact, we'll put a link in our show notes Great. the podcast. Great. That is, uh, that's absolutely awesome. Um, well, Don, tell me this on a, you know, on a daily basis. What, uh, along with some of the things that you just mentioned, what really gets you? Uh, what gets you excited? What gets you fired up? Uh, personally, it's probably watching my three my three kids grow up. Yeah. You know, and just watching them evolve and become better humans. Yeah. Um, you know, they, that's they actually, get me at the excited. end of the day. That's the most important job right. that you have. Right. I was I was downtown uh, at lunch with a few estate planning attorneys a few weeks ago. And we were walking back from lunch. We were walking to their office, and uh, a lady was running by, and she said, "You're Charlie's dad," and that happens to be the name of my youngest son. Yeah. And I didn't even know who she was. She didn't stop. She was running, and I, <laughs> I looked at these attorneys, and I was like, "That's the first time someone has referenced me as Charlie's dad, as opposed okay. to Don or, or something <laughs> else." And I've been called a lot more, you know, yeah. a lot of bad things too, but. For someone to actually reference me as Charlie's dad, it, it 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 was a very proud moment for me. So, I would say personally, that's it. Professionally, it's 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 being part of of such an incredible organization, um, and just being on the right side of of wealth management. Mm-hmm. Um, that really gets me excited. I'm surrounded by, as I mentioned before, we have over 300 associates now, and yeah, just being surrounded by so many intelligent, motivated individuals really gets me fired up. That's awesome. So. You know, I heard Warren Buffett say that, uh, you know, in, in life and in business, you want to surround yourself with people that you really enjoy mm-hmm. working with, but then you also want to do something that you're passionate about. Right. And it really seems like you've, uh, you've been able to do both of those. I've been the, very uh, lucky. In the business world. Um, well, Don, as we, uh, as we wrap up today, is there any... Uh, uh, wisdom or any principles that you'd like to share with our with our audience, with our our level ten gladiators out there. You know, I I always pick things up from you. Um, so I mean, every time you and I talk, I always walk away with at least one thing that that I can use or I can can run with. Well, I appreciate um, that. We need to we need to do it more often. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I am I, like I said before, I'm tremendously grateful for the opportunity and, and honored to be here. So I really thank you, Ben. 
Hey, absolutely awesome. Well, Don, thank you again for uh, uh, for coming on the uh, the episode today. Uh, in fact, everything that you talked about, we will share in our uh, in our show notes. Um, how can people find out more about uh, Buckingham, by the way? So BuckinghamAdvisor.com. Um, it would be a great place to start. On there, we have uh, there's various links that you can click on. Uh, we put out probably four to six pieces of social media per week. All of those are also located on our site. Okay. Um, we have thought leaders that have put out uh, collectively over 20 books to date uh, on how to invest yeah. on an evidence-based approach or on financial planning. Um, you know, happy to provide information. If anyone wants to send me an email, I'm, I'm happy to send them more info uh, on us or, or even how to do what we do. Fantastic. Well, we'll put all of your uh, your contact info Great. in the uh, in the show notes as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of Level Ten Mastery. We, we couldn't continue our mission without your support. If you haven't already, get on iTunes and give us a five star review. Until next time, get out there and become the best version of yourself. <laughs>